eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, everything a Steelers fan could want. This it's fourth down in the Steel City with Chris Mack and Josh Taylor. Back into fourth down in the Steel City alongside Josh Taylor. I'm Chris Mack. And we were just talking about the offense, Josh. What's the personality of this offense going to be going forward against another team that you would think? Well, look, it, it doesn't matter who they're going up against, whether it's Cleveland, whether it's Vegas, whether it's Houston, whether it's Baltimore, whether it's San Francisco last week, until they get down big, like you pointed out, like we talked about last week, unless they get down big, the personality of this offense seems to have been built this offseason around leading with the run with Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, his physical, nasty offensive line, or at least more physical and nasty than it's been in any recent memory. And I'm not asking Kenny Pickett to do too much. Are they going to lean into that person? Because when Kenny Pickett was asked to do too much against the Niners, he tried to do too much, and it looked bad. That second interception, in particular in the middle of the field, really bad. And I think we have to kind of pump the brakes on Kenny to this extent, in that there's been so much pumping of this guy's tires, not just since he was drafted, but in particular this offseason, this summer this training camp and this preseason with the five touchdowns and five drives, right? I'll be honest as a little, you know, I think we all bought into it to varying degrees. Um, I think those of us that, that bought into it a little bit, but reminded everybody else, Hey, pump the brakes, just relax. You know, this, this Some is of us. preseason. We, Some remained, of us. we remained somewhat realistic about this, right. And cautiously optimistic. Some of us. Then there were others, <laughs> excuse me, who <laughs> wanted to put this man in the Hall of Fame the day he was drafted and used this offseason, this preseason, to further cement that status and talk about this as a 13-win team because the quarterback was going to go leaps and bounds above the expectations for his growth this year. You can come out and say it. They just held him by the heel and dipped him in the river sticks of the Kenny Pickett height. You can just say <laughs> and, it out loud. It's fine. And I just I, – I think it's unfair to Kenny Pickett. I think it's unfair to Kenny Pickett, you know? I think it yes. kind of loops back around in all seriousness on something – I remember talking with people about when they drafted him, that this may be one of the 
worst places for him to end up because the expectations are going to be unrealistic here in Pittsburgh. If Kenny Pickett got drafted to Seattle, if Kenny Pickett got drafted to San Francisco, where Brock Purdy is, uh, if, if Kenny Pickett got drafted any number of places where they didn't watch the ACC in his senior year, where <laughs> maybe they didn't take his Heisman candidacy and go overboard with it, where they didn't presume that once he was drafted in the first round, he was going to be a franchise savior, I think it would be a lot more fair to Kenny Pickett. But he's drafted here, and then the expectations start piling up and piling up and piling up and piling up, and now they're all those expectations expectations are unrealistic on his shoulders josh kenny pickett is in my opinion anyway his ceiling is that of a wild card quarterback now that's not to say they can't win a super bowl with kenny pickett as their quarterback certainly with the defense built the way it's been built when it plays well when it stays healthy um with the skill position guys around him the improvements on the offensive line if Najee harris finally starts to look like the first round running back that they drafted him as Sure, they can go on a run in January, look up and be in a Super Bowl with Kenny Pickett. Absolutely. But his ceiling is that of a guy who, if it's just about him, is a wild card quarterback. That's pretty good. That's that's not denigrating Kenny Pickett at all. But we got so drunk on the Kenny Pickett juice this summer, this August in particular, that our beer goggles were on. And we thought we were going home with a 10. And we woke up Sunday afternoon, and he's he's a good, he's a solid seven. But we rolled over, and it was like, oh, you are, that's not what I thought I was going home with. Nice to meet you. Um, and that's, this preseason was beer goggles for Kenny Pickett, I think is what I'm trying to say. And I think it's unfair, the expectations that have been heaped on. I feel bad because you got the better analogy of the two of us on this one. So I'll just, I'll stick to more you know specific salient points here. Uh, and I got three to be specific. Coming into the season, you had people who were high on the Steelers. You had people who weren't high on the Steelers. And you had people that were like, eh, they could make some moves here and there. They, they, they might be able to make a move up. And then as the, the offseason went on and the post and the preseason went on, you saw where people, oh, the Steelers could be a sleeper. The Steelers could be a sleeper. And I think a lot of that was because of one very specific variable. And that variable was Kenny Pickett. You had people who were high on him coming into the season. You had people who weren't high on him coming into the season. And people that were, you know, detractors of this team from outside of the city would tell you probably a little bit of the quarterback, a little bit of the offensive coordinator, how well will the defense play with all the changes that they made. And that was kind of the discussion where, but a lot of it still centered around Kenny Pickett. But that's why I talked about this, Chris, all offseason. I talked about rebuilding the offensive line as a key of, a key matter of importance. I talked about trying to reestablish the identity of this offense as a key matter of importance. And I talked about even more so making sure this defense is better fortified to be able to support that kind of identity on the other side of things if it doesn't work as a key matter of importance. Because I don't think they're ready just yet to toss the keys to Kenny Pickett and say, here, kid, go drive the Ferrari for the weekend. They're not ready to do that. But And, and you, you hear people say that and they get upset. And you got to remind people, hey, they didn't do that with the last guy either. Right. The last and guy he's, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's going to be a first battle Hall of Famer. They didn't do that with him either. They didn't just right. toss him the keys. I don't think they did that to maybe his, what, third or fourth year? It, it didn't happen right away. They had to bring him along 
And it just so happened, now granted, it just so happened he had a Hall of Fame offensive guard blocking for a Hall of Fame running back, and it made it a lot easier to build your build your identity around the run game. Also had the best defense in the land, hands down, made it a little bit easier to not put everything on your quarterback's shoulders. We're not seeing that same kind of return on investment with the guys around Katie Pickett right now. So it looks a lot harder to put stock in. But that doesn't mean it's not the way to go. It doesn't mean it's not the way to go. And I'll drop this third point in there. I think that's the third point. This is my second one. I can't remember. I lost count for a while back. <laughs> when I start talking about the river sticks. You're rolling. Anyway, um, I, I had this class in college when I was at Duquesne. I had this, I want to say it was communication ethics class. And the professor was one of the department heads. His name was Dr. Arnett. And he had this line that I always remembered. It always stuck with me. He said, one of the unofficial definitions of cynicism is the result of unmet, unrealistic expectations. I feel like that's what we have in front of us right now. Yeah. Unmet, unrealistic expectations. I think we heard the talk about how Katie Pickett is, is you know, locking in and trying to get understand everything with the playbook and watching all the film to get full grasp of this offense. I think we got into that and we put a little bit too much stock in it. I think we saw what we saw in the preseason and put a little bit too much stock in it. I think we we heard was what he had what one interception in the entire training camp of, or out, out of all of it, out of every pass he threw. I think we put a little bit too much stock in it. And I think we set our expectations so high and forgot to remind ourselves, hey, wait a minute. He's about to go face the best defense in the land. Right. And, and we and, won. And not and just that, that in week it, one. It messed everything up. Not not just who he was facing in week one and who he may be facing in you know week two and, and week three and beyond, but just how little experience he has. Like right. he's still uh, he's still got less than a full season's worth of experience as an NFL starting quarterback. And so, yeah, for, for all those reasons and more, it just feels like we all got to pump the brakes because here's what I really don't want to see happen is I don't want to see Kenny Pickett go out there and maybe go 22 of 28 for 225 and a couple of touchdowns against the Browns and maybe lead a big drive in the fourth quarter, right? Because I, I do agree. He's got that clutch gene. That's in there. He right. comes up big in big moments more often than not. Um, I don't want to see that happen. And immediately we're all back on the bandwagon and we're chugging along again. And he's a future Super Bowl winning Hall of Fame quarterback. Here he comes. It was just a bad week. No, there's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. And it's going to average out somewhere in the middle to where Kenny Pickett is a 10 win kind of guy. That's okay. Would I have used the first round pick on him? Maybe not. But nonetheless, he's here now. And the expectations can't get skewed so wildly in one direction or another that we're not ready to take a step back and acknowledge what was in front of us before they drafted him. And then the entire first 17 weeks of his career, which is he's somewhere in the middle. And that's okay. You know what a 10-win quarterback has to do about seven times during the course of the season? Lose. If you're going to be a 10-win quarterback and you play the whole season, that means you're going to have to lose seven times. Mm -hmm. And if one of them is against a team that I will reiterate, it's the best defense in the land in both points right. and yards allowed, and also a team that has an offense that was in the top six in both points and yards gained, and a team that played in the NFC Championship last season and probably goes to the Super Bowl if their quarterback does not get hurt. If your loss is to one of those teams in the first game of the season, it's okay. 
that's not the worst thing in the world because you still have 16 more opportunities to win 10 more games. And you can do that at home on a Monday night where the odds are very much in your favor from a historical standpoint as far as your franchise is concerned. You have another day to prepare. And especially considering the fact the first performance that we saw is not indicative of the other dozen or so we saw from the same quarterback last season. Right. The candy picket we saw against San Francisco is not the candy picket we saw against Baltimore in the second half of the season. Not the quarterback we saw against Oakland – or excuse me, against Vegas. I'm still stuck in the 90s. Yeah. Quarterback we saw against, against <laughs> Cleveland in the last game of the season. That quarterback in the second half of last season was able to com- compose himself more, was able to handle situations better. And like you said, he was put in clutch situations that performed well. And let's take this a step further since we're talking about, you know, you, you mentioned his ACC career and someone who might not follow it as much. This is a guy who was a competitor at Pitt. They might not have always gotten the results they got. And it just so happened the last year that he was fortunate to play because of the COVID waiver exception. We got to remind people of that. He had a great year there. But there were other years before, other years before that where he had games where just the competitive nature of Kenny Pickett came out. And one of them just happened to be his first start when Miami came to town with the number two team in the nation. Right. And he knocked that team off. And he, he can take that challenge and turn it into an opportunity. It didn't happen last week. But more often than not, when he takes that opportunity, it goes well for him. I just think we need to be ready also to realize that when you have a quarterback who is a nine and a half, 10 win quarterback like Kenny Pickett, guess what's going to happen to your point? Not only is he going to lose seven times throughout the year, but it's probably going to be, to your point, building off of it, to the better defenses. San Francisco this year. Look at Miami and Philly. And who, who else did he lose to early last year? Buffalo. Uh, they got Buffalo. beat down by Thank Buffalo you. last year. Yes. They got beat up by that defense. So let's just keep a little bit of perspective. The one thing I do want to keep an eye on, and I don't know if it's just, look, I rewound it like seven times last night just to make sure it wasn't just an internet sleight of hand here. But when he starts getting whipped to the ground the way he did on that sack on third down in the first series, and you start seeing the head flop around, like, and it bounces off the turf that way. Mm. I, I know he he's, according to Mike Tomlin on Tuesday, Kenny didn't report any symptoms, what quarterback's going to. Um, and the, the in, you know, the independent spotter didn't seem to think it was anything worth looking into further or pulling him out of the game for. Now, they did punt on the next play, so they had time to bring him to the sideline and check things out if they wanted to. It's just something, when you've got a guy who's had two concussions early in his career, it's something to keep an eye on and much the same way they're going to keep an eye on it in Miami all year with Tua, you know, it's just, right, exactly. it's something that you worry about every time you see a guy go to the ground like that. Yeah. It, that, 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 uh, take down the ground looked a lot like the other two last year, didn't it? It looked mm-hmm. very eerily similar, especially the one against Baltimore. It looked really similar yeah. to when Patrick Queen got a hold of him against Baltimore. So it, it, yeah, I think you bring up an interesting point because you never want to dismiss that. Not necessarily because, you not necessarily because you're doing what some people like to do and try to use that as an excuse. No, you, you don't want to dismiss that because that's still the health of the individual, still a human being at the end of the day. And at, when it's all said and done, you still want him to be okay when he walks off the field, whether it's for a short period of time or it's for the rest of his life. You want him to have his faculties because you just want to wish another human being well. But it, it is important, and this is also why it's important to not just put everything on the quarterback. You got to put some of this on the guys that are blocking in front of him. You got to put this on the guys sometimes that are standing next to him that are meant to pick up those guys that are coming through that might take him down to the ground. 
This is why all this stuff is important. This is why when I hear people say, oh, well, you got to have the quarterback and you figure everything else out. No, no, that's not always the case because we just saw Monday night. He brought in the quarterback, really good quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback. Wasn't really protected that well. And within what? Four plays? He's done. His season's over. It, it's not got, always just got to build the wall in front of him. You gotta yeah. have the guys around him that can protect him. We can say what we want about Brock Purdy and how good Brock Purdy looked and what Kyle Shanahan did. Brock Purdy also has the best offensive lineman in football on his blind side. He's got Trent Williams. TJ Watt got three sacks, but he got them against Colton McKivitz. They didn't come against Trent Williams. This is the important thing that we're talking about here. It, it, it's not just what the quarterback does. You just put a quarterback in and just put XYZ around him and hope for it to work. Go try to sell that to Kansas City after what we saw Thursday right. night against Detroit. Because he didn't have one of his best weapons, and they didn't protect uh, Patrick Mahomes as well as they probably would have liked to. So it's not just insert names here around great quarterback. It has to be a collective to make this whole thing work. That's why Brock Purdy looked so good last year. That's why Jalen Hurts looked so good last year. Mm -hmm. There are guys that aren't necessarily top-tier talents, but they can rise to certain levels. You don't have a Josh Allen and a Patrick Mahomes and a Joe Burrow on every team. But if you can have guys that can block for those quarterbacks or, or a running game that can complement them or receivers that can make plays that normally aren't made, it's going to elevate that entire offense. It's going to elevate the performance of the quarterback to a higher level. I think this is what the Steelers were trying to do in the offseason. We just yeah. haven't seen the results yet. But now you don't have Deontay Johnson, and it becomes even harder to do. But I'm not going to sit here and say everything is on the quarterback, just like I'm not going to say everything is on the offensive coordinator, because you can call perfect play. But if someone misses a block, it doesn't matter. It, it has yeah. to be a collective where everybody has to be better. And Mike Tomlin said as much. He said, we got to be better as players. we got to be better as coaches. And everybody has to raise their level. Or if the quarterback just doesn't make the throw. That happened That happened at least that a handful happens. of times on Sunday. It at happened least. a handful of times. Yeah. yeah. All right. Before we wrap things up, we've got to ask, is this a thing? We do that next on 4th Down in Steel City.